So I hope everyone and welcome back to Forbidden Fridays. So this is a podcast where we discuss taboo topics in order to try and break a stigma. So on today's episode, we're talking about abortion. Um, I'm joined with Lily and Georgia, who both work with Back Off Scotland, who are a campaign group fighting for the right to harassment-free access to abortion services in Scotland. And they also um, take part in a university society that provides education regarding abortion, among many other things. So we basically discuss the recent overturning of the Roe v. Wade case, a case that was famous for legalising abortions in Texas in 1973, along with what we can do to just make a change, um, however little, however big. Um, Even just talking about it, even just having these conversations is a great thing to do. So make sure you show this episode some love. Lily and Georgia were amazing guests, great to talk to. They really know their stuff. So make sure you follow um, their University Society's Instagram page um, where they post a lot of important information. Um, Make sure you subscribe to this podcast for more episodes like this. And I've also left a link to a petition in the description of this podcast. So please make sure you sign it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi guys and welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm joined with Lily and Georgia. So would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Yeah sure Gia do you want to go first? Yeah yeah and um, so <laughs> I'm Georgia and um me and Lily are both part of Glasgow Students for Choice. Yeah, um, and yeah, like Gia said, we work with, well, we help run Glasgow Students for Choice, which is the pro-choice society um, at the University of Glasgow. And we talk about all kinds of things to do with reproductive justice. Um, so I'm going to do the same talk we've been doing to all of our freshers this week at Freshers Fair, <laughs> but essentially we cover a lot of grounds and we talk about abortion and kind of stigma and access within that. Um, and then we also talk about um, matters of like contraception, sex positivity. Um, so yeah, we cover a range of stuff, but we work for GSC and then we also um, work closely with Back of Scotland, which is a campaign that was founded, um, I think a year ago today actually, um, mm-hmm. to fight for legislation to enact buffer zones across Scotland to protect people from um, clinic harassment. Wow, you guys have a lot under your belt. <laughs> um, what is your like main aim with your society? Is it just to like educate people and get the right info out there, or do you do like any sort of activism work? Like, what what do you do? Yeah, it's kind of a mixture. So initially, the society was out a couple of years ago because there was a pro life society that was affiliated on campus, right. and the girls that founded um, Glasgow Students for Trees we're just like, we can't have this presence on campus without there also being a safe space for the majority of people that disagree with that point of view. Yeah. And say, like, this isn't this isn't what we stand for as students at Glasgow. This isn't like the majority view. Like, so um we do like it's mainly like destigmatizing so a lot of discussion about abortion, like what abortion is, access to abortion, and then um, also in the same way like safe contraception options, how to access contraception and especially because um, like moving to uni as well as a student like 
you're quite young and you're moving to a new city so finding out where you can access contraception sexual reproductive health care in a new city can be a bit overwhelming mm -hmm. um so we like to put information out there so it's a lot of information spreading we have like really great like guests like come and talk to our members um and like you learn so much like it's funny how much you think you know in general about like access to abortion or um reproductive health care and then somebody comes and you're like oh I never even thought about that of course that's an issue um so it's like awareness raising but also we like to have fun it's like building a community of people at the same time of mm -hmm. and like we all like are passionate about a similar thing and want to create like change but also we're all here to support each other and we've got like such a lovely community at Glasgow Students for Trades and like we work really closely with like a lot of other societies that like aren't necessarily directly linked or aren't directly feminist mm -hmm. and like like look at them as a society and be like they're a feminist society that talk about um like feminist issues but actually there's so much crossover yeah. in so many different things and it's like that's what creates a nice community and a nice community feel on campus mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of stigma around being like a feminist society um even when I was walking around the societies today um at my university I don't know like I've, there's always just something about having a society about women in general that's kind of seen as like oh you're just a feminist or oh you just want like unequal rights it's like literally not that because <laughs> this whole like feminist thing as well with like abortion it's not just it it is a woman's issue but it what is your stand on how much say a man and woman should have when it comes to abortion what would you guys say um, to be honest, I think at the end of the day, and I can't speak for everyone, but in my personal view, I think end of the day, it's the person who's pregnant who that decision falls down to. Mm -hmm. um, and you would hope that um, often it could be something which is kind of a dialogue and a healthy conversation and people are supported by people around them. But I think end of the day, it is the pregnant person oh. who should be, you know, having the lead and I mean unfortunately not everyone has kind of choice as like there's a lot of discussion at the moment in the kind of reproductive justice community about people have different terms which they identify with so some people identify as pro-choice but actually identifying as pro-abortion is a really good way of acknowledging that not everybody has the same levels of choice yeah. Um, so I think that kind of comes into play with like a partner and how that would, you know, negotiate, how you'd negotiate it between like, you know, the pregnant person and whoever they were, um, whoever got them pregnant. Yeah. No, I think yeah. I agree with you. And when I say like, it's as much about when it comes to like societies or people raising awareness, like the more men are educated as well, the better it is for like us. So like, it's not just a whole like, I don't know if you ha do you have like male members in your society as well like is that a thing probably we not. actually we just well we just had our freshers fair and literally this morning I was putting together our members list and we've grown so much over the last two years like we went from 33 members in our first year to 90 last year and now we've got 150 which is really great um, and out of those so I was going through the list and we've got a solid amount of male members this year which is actually something that we didn't have last year mm -hmm. um so yeah it's really interesting what you're saying about like engaging men yeah. in the conversation 
And I say that because obviously in light of the recent events, there's um there's been the whole, there was like a Roe v. Wade case back in the 90s, I believe it was, and then that's being overturned. I know it was talked about being overturned in Alabama um, quite a few years ago. I wrote my EPQ all about it, and um, but it's like officially been overturned, so that means that it's like illegal to have abortions in that state. Um, I saw so many like, females posting about it and I saw men saying absolutely nothing and it's just kind of sad that when it comes to things such as like men's mental health that we can talk about it so openly and we're such allies but when it comes to this sort of stuff it's it's almost like silence um I just thought that was quite interesting no definitely it is I saw quite a lot of that as well because there was it was great with the whole well, I say great, like the one good thing that came out of the recent like, legislation change in America was that it did prompt a load of discussion, which is great. But yeah, like you say, there wasn't much engagement, at least that um, I saw. And I saw a lot of kind of outcry about the lack of male engagement, um, whether or at least like cis white male engagement. Yeah. Because um, I think there's definitely a lot of support between um, LGBTQ plus yeah. um, organisations and um, kind of abortion rights, for example, or reproductive justice. But yeah, there's not much from the cis white male population. Yeah. Classic ignorance is bliss kind of mindset that yeah. if it doesn't really affect them and they've not really bothered about it, then why would they engage? Yeah. Well, and it's kind of the whole discussion about, um, like they kind of throw it back in your face saying, well, it's not our choice. If you want to have another so we don't need to talk about it when it's not really how it works it's kind of like a yeah. full circle thing but good I was just gonna say and then in saying that it's quite often these cis white men that are then making these law or legislation yeah. changes yeah. without any actual engagement with the people that it's going to affect that's exactly what I was going to say because like I said I did it for my EPQ when I did um, my A-levels and I studied the whole case and I remember I had to present it to two teachers and one of them was like a Catholic white middle-aged male um, <laughs> which I didn't know he was Catholic at the time as well um, so I'm not really too sure what his specific views were about it um, but my whole EPQ was about how religion has impacted the case because Alabama is quite a religious state I believe and um, the whole law kind of kept the whole overturning of the law kind of came from the like religious aspects of abortion um and I would kind of spoke about how you shouldn't try force your religion on non-religious people and like all the basics of being um pro-choice and he was just sat there and then at the end he was like you had a good argument I was like thank you I was like, I hope it <laughs> you. like a half an hour before they were like you do realize like he is catholic and that we're not too, too sure what his views are and I was there, like catholic people shouldn't be making laws about abortion <laughs> it was just it was a very um it was very awkward but no he said I made a good case and um yeah I looked at all the judges on the case as well most of them white middle-aged males um who were religious however there was actually a few women on the case which it did shock me how much of a say these women actually had in the case. Like, it just confused me as to why a woman would be in, like, a strong, powerful position. Be um, So, I don't know. 
just making these choices um about other women's body I don't know it just it just was strange yeah, it's interesting I think there's a real problem with especially when is it Amy is it Coney Amy Coney Barrett I yeah. think that's how you say her name um mm-hmm. but the essentially the most recent judge um on the Supreme Court the um Trump put in place just before he left she is one of these like staunch I think I'm pretty sure well yeah she was one of the people I think voted to pass the recent Texas legislation change um but she's a prime example of one of those people you're talking about where um I think that's a big issue with women like white middle to upper class women being put in a position of power and because it's like oh yay woman in power people assume that that is enough to be like oh whatever they say can you know represent the majority and so interestingly a lot of white right-wing women take an approach where they think they're doing this like they take the approach of being like oh yeah we're doing liberalizing work women in power women in the workplace and then actually do everything they can yeah. to disempower other women um so yeah it's a really dangerous thing and a very scary thing I think yeah definitely and it's not as if it's just it's a very extreme law as well and it's the fact that they're overturning a case which was so like monumental for that time which was such a like big deal um, in allowing women to have legal abortions it's the fact that they've just completely gone back on it when they've made such a major change in history and um, with all the like extremities as well that come with it like it's six weeks people don't even know that they're pregnant when they're like it's it's just bizarre bizarre rulings and there's this whole argument as well whereas like just because it's illegal doesn't mean people aren't going to do it which just makes it so unsafe um that's when things like backstreet abortions happen and unsafe abortions happen and it's also tricky with the rulings as to like you've heard the whole thing where it's like if if an uber driver takes you to your abortion then they acting against the law it's, it's just such a extreme thing to be happening for the 21st century it's like a, I think it's quite an interesting like obviously it's awful but it's such an interesting way that they've gone about it because they've put the pressure rather than on organizations on the individual so it's not actually like you can't take anybody to court and that's what the issue is like the like places that are providing abortion and healthcare clinics and abortion like rights movements can't take anybody to court because there's nobody actually enforcing this apart from the general public because I think at the minute they've just put a thing through saying that people that are part of like the big um like anti-abortion group in um Texas said that I think it's like Texas right to life yeah so they put a ban on them like doing anything until April because they like I think it's like this Supreme Justice, Department of Justice or something, they put a ban on them taking any beauty to court um, because they were like, this is like unconstitutional in the way that they've put this ban in and they know that this like Texas Right to Life group will specifically target and try and get save as many people as they can because they can win up to like, I think it's $10,000 if they have a successful case, if they find somebody that's had an abortion and sue them after the six week mark, they can win $10,000, which is just like, how can you put a price on somebody accessing healthcare and then stopping them from doing that? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's such a horrible situation to be in. And 
it's just horrible to think that women one just don't have about their bodies and two that they ha- they might have to potentially raise children that they can't afford to raise that they can't give a good home it, and it's not you shouldn't have to pull those cards as well if you don't want to you don't want to like it shouldn't have to be like she has to raise her rapist um son like it shouldn't have to pull you know yeah. sorts of cards it should just be like just let us do what we want like yeah. it, it shouldn't have to no, be there's a lot of there's a really interesting um really interesting book by Erica Miller called the happy oh called not the happy it's called happy abortions mm-hmm. um and it kind of talks about that and it's about not when we consider abortion a lot of the time even people who are you know pro-abortion or pro-choice often think of it and justify it in extreme terms so like you say kind of cases of rape or incest or being yeah. a minor um whereas it's absolutely fine to associate happy emotions or emotions of relief or emotions of whatever you want it's okay to feel any spectrum like whether that be grief or um anything you want at all and for whatever reason you want you should be able to make a decision about your bodily autonomy and I think with the laws passed in Texas I'm pretty pretty sure it was a Texas governor if not Greg Abbott himself who was the one who put through the I think he's a congressman he put through this new kind of um heartbeat ban and he literally released, I think it was him or someone of that kind of line of people, he released a statement a couple of days ago saying to people being like, oh, well, what do you suggest people do as an alternative? Like, how can, how are you going to prevent, like, how can they avoid being kind of trapped in this really horrible system of not being able to access healthcare? And he's like, oh, well, just don't have sex. And it's like, oh, okay, well, this comes back to it. Well, all you're trying to do is control women and people who can get pregnant with just trying to control their bodies and their sexuality. So yeah, it's absolutely yeah. shocking. I was about to say the same thing. I think it was, like, I don't think it was Greg Abbott. I think he's called like Jonathan Mitchell or something. But he was like one of the people that like helped like build this like new bill that fought for and he was just like, yeah, I just don't have sex. And it's like, yeah. it is, it's just, a, it's another way of like controlling people, like you said. and. I mean, it probably all comes back to the patriarchy and having this, wanting this control over women's bodies and people's sexuality and having this, like, ideal of what, like, an ideal relationship should be in an ideal, like, sexual relationship and family situation and all of that. And it is, it is all just about control, which is kind of, like, I think, like, links quite a lot to, like, abortion laws and controls in general. It's, like, it is all about control. It's not about in general like it affects people individually but it's always leading on to a larger thing it's always about controlling people when you think you're in a free state or a free country actually there's always little things going on that are undermining like your like freedom yeah yeah and it's like mainly targeted as women as well because men don't get blamed for like impregnating women you blamed for being pregnant and it's like, it takes two to tango. Um, yeah, we're in the 21st century. Like, why can't women just have sex to have sex? Yeah. If you don't want, like, I don't know, make the education surrounding contraception, surrounding, like, birth control things, just just improve that if if that's yeah. the kind of route you want to go down. Like, especially in the US, I don't really know what, what it's like in the US, but I was talking to one of my friends from America, and she said like the education shocking like especially surrounding consent and contraception like that basically just didn't exist and um 
whether it's like free or not like we're quite well I say we're quite lucky in the UK um we're luckier than the than the US anyway but um yeah like just allowing free contraception just education about how it works people still tiptoe around like how actually sex happens and how you make babies um so like you do that with your society as well don't you so that's like a really helpful way to go about it yeah definitely I mean we're trying to so we put together oh last year on our Instagram we created three posts a week all of which were kind of um just information mainly about we did what's happening in the series where we focused on like different international contexts and we debunked we did like myth busting Mondays where we debunked myths about um I've got all sorts of things it was mainly about abortion but also we did kind of relation tips as well where we talked about like consent and everything so yeah we talked about like a a broad range of reproductive justice issues and then we are trying to directly it's such a shame that as well it falls down to a society to information um but we've also put together um some information packs which literally talk to you about like contraception emergency contraception what are my options if I'm pregnant if I want to have an abortion how do I access it and support organizations um and so we put together this big document and we're about to send it out to all of our members and we're talking to our student representative council about them helping us distribute it in halls as well but literally basic things about kind of this is what you can get this is how much it will cost if you like this is where you can get it for free etc so and they sign posting as well to organizations but it's such a shame that it's not done you know by the uni itself um and it just has to be this roundabout process where a few individuals have to put in some work to make it happen like yeah. it's very because like, I feel like in general you get information and stuff like that like from your friends and it's like even like we were talking the other day and um so the morning after pill in Scotland, for most pharmacies, you can get it for free. It's like, because the Scottish NHS is pretty decent. Um, and like, we, like, do you mean, like, I was saying this to Lily the other day and like, and like to the rest of the um, people we work with. And like, they didn't even know that you could get it for free in Scotland until I was like, oh yeah, I got it for free and that was fine. Because I know in England, you have to pay it's like nearly 30 quid. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know, like, that's the thing as well like if I wanted an abortion I wouldn't know where to go like it's just it's simple things like that that just you need general education like that in your life but it's so taboo it's so like you're not really supposed to talk about that sort of stuff because you don't want to like start an argument or things and education places such as the university like I was talking to some girls who started a society about sexual assault on campus and the university had given zero information about it. They post like one blog about it on the university website and it's and be like, oh, here's some numbers that you can call if you want to do. And then that's their job done, tick, tick box, like that's it. And they don't even have things like that for abortion or um, even like, I don't know, education about sex and the basic yeah. things in life that happen literally every day that they don't yeah. even know about. It does feel very, very performative. Like we, um, it was the president last year of GSC, um, Chiara Gentile, who she um, was another member of our committee. She ran, we did this like good cause survey thing where essentially at the University of Glasgow, the good cause process is where they will give you, I think they call it an oh, is it appropriate allowance or something where they deem 
an ex- like if you have a reason that you need an extension or you want to resit something um, or anything along those lines, you have to go through this good cause process where you give evidence and reasoning for it. Um, and Kiara and Kate helped, they essentially put together this, um, we put a survey together where we asked people what your experiences of this, because we knew that currently, if you have had an abortion, if you've accessed emergency contraception, if you've had like contraception put in place, like an IUD, for example, um, that is not deemed appropriate cause for you to have any allowances or anything. Um, and so we sent out the survey and we found out there was, there's just so many other gaps in this university policy um, where, for example, there was, um, there was a trans person who didn't want to disclose a medical procedure to the university because it would be a dysphoric experience for them and they wouldn't, you know, it's just, it's a very, very messed up system. And we did the survey and then the uni paid attention in a performative way though, because they had like a couple meetings and a year later, it's like, okay, cool. We've had two meetings with you. And we've literally given them like written up recommendations for how they could change it and make it accessible, inclusive, you know, and an actual efficient system, which doesn't, you know, um, disproportionate. Yeah, no, just an inclusive system. And yeah, they essentially just do these performative little bits and it doesn't amount to anything that's actual good action. Yeah, exactly. I remember I went to um, Leeds Festival a few weeks ago. They had a stall about like, sex. they're doing more than like a univers- any university I know. They were handing out free condoms. They were like, if you want to have sex, here's how to do it safely. I was like, if a, if a three-day festival could do that, come on come on why can't the university just pull the finger out their ass naturally not that hard <laughs> not just it is it is like like you said it's just performative it's like a tick box and then they've done it and then but they don't actually care they don't actually care about spreading this information um which is kind of sad um why are you guys so passionate about this issue why did you guys want to join your society you know like make a difference um i for me um so i think like doing mean i've probably like doing always been a feminist I was quite like clued up on things and then um in my head I was like obviously like I'm pro-choice like everybody has the right to like make their choice if they want to keep a pregnancy if they want to use contraception and save access to that and I was like yeah that's just how it is and then I think I was quite naive about it I came to uni and I met I've got quite a lot of friends from Northern Ireland now that I didn't know before I lived in England didn't really know anybody outside my bubble and speaking to them and the like them talking about obviously at that point when we were in first year um abortion was still like criminalized in Northern Ireland so they were talking about the fact that if they'd needed anything they would have had to have traveled to England and I was just it made me come face to face with my, my naivety of like actually I can't just sit back and think that this is fine even in like between the UK or in Scotland where like we have access to abortion and safe access to abortion but actually there's still so many issues surrounding that and I just came like I just face face with my UD and I just like researched it more and I was like actually I don't I can't just sit back and say this is it like I'm everything's fine and I don't care about this like I know that like I want the choice to like have an abortion if I need to um, access contraception as and when I want to and 
I want that to be the option for everybody and also like for there to be, be no shame about that to be very open about having conversations about sex and contraception and abortion and like spreading that information and like making this like community of people that like are open to talking about this with like out any shame and like actively making like positive change um and like obviously we like mentioned before like we both work with Back Off Scotland and um the founder and like um director at the minute Lucy Grieve she made a really good point we were talking the other day saying that um just knowing that even you might not feel like you're doing very much like do you mean like having these like little conversations or do you mean like we're one small student society in a massive university which is one of hundreds across the UK but having these conversations might just like help one person feel a bit more comfortable talking about their options or knowing that they've got somebody that's like actively like on their side about their like point of view like do you mean like just little things actually help in the greatest scheme of the world and do you mean obviously with like things that happen in Texas now and how that seems so backwards like you've still got to have these conversations even within our like safety of the UK yeah, yeah that's that's so like I didn't even think about that because I, I don't know anyone from Northern Ireland but obviously the whole issue of um abortion there and how it's only just become legalized like it hits close to home when you start to know people that don't have the same privileges as you and then it's just kind of a reality check that we are lucky and that people yeah. just from across the waters like like it seems so far away in the US like that seems like another world to us but literally someone who's at the same union as you like living next door like that yeah. that's where it starts to hit close definitely and I think I kind of yeah there's I had a similar thing to Gia um well I, I always knew I was pro-choice um and then when it comes to like legal things and things being close to home like you say I then had a massive realization about access and about just because something's legal doesn't mean it's accessible um so even in the UK um there's so many difficulties with access which I'll mention in a minute um but also wait, I've lost my train of thought what was I saying access oh yeah there's a massive assumption that um just because abortion is legal in the UK that it's legal you know it's access on demand which is definitely not the case um like abortion is not decriminalized so if you have an abortion which is not approved by two doctors and is not within a certain time limit um so 24 weeks in the UK um or in Britain Scotland um then you can get life in prison like it's completely not just because it's legal there's this misconception that it's accessible case it's so fucked up um and I kind of came head to head with other access barriers when like I personally sought an abortion when I was in first year of uni um up in Glasgow here and so there's so many access barriers with it like I encountered pro-choice pro-choice no um anti-choice protesters um outside the clinic I went to um and the kind of hostility and intimidation and harassment that happened there um which I then you know did my research about and realized was so prevalent um and again which is why we love working with back off Scotland so much because it's so important we do get buffer zones in place and get rid of that barrier to access but even like beyond the physical thing there's a real big issue of anti-choice groups and their funding and their organization 
is actually very intimidating it's a real threat like we can look at America and be like oh that's a different world but there's a lot to consider in the UK so I remember when I was looking up when I found out I was pregnant I was like searching up I was like oh right what do I do where can I access services and anti-choice groups are funded by these massive organizations in the US and they had flooded you know how on Google you can pay to get your pages at the top um they pay so that they can put these like crisis pregnancy centers or they can put these um kind of anti-choice propaganda pages up which completely makes navigating what should be kind of a legally accessible healthcare service makes it really really difficult let alone then when you come face to face with them outside a clinic um and yeah it disproportionately affects um minority groups as well um and marginalized groups so yeah there's a lot to do with access but as Gia said like the little things and making sure we can build a safe space and spread information and debunk like kind of assumptions about um abortion in the UK and like working internationally too um yeah it's the little things and building that safe space which does kind of keep you going and make sure that they motivate you to keep putting it together yeah yeah well see I even thought like I was quite well educated about abortion I literally from just that two-minute conversation you've had with me (laughs) wow I really don't know that much um yeah I didn't even I didn't know half the stuff that you that you just told me but thanks for sharing that um (laughs) see my research um but it's great that you made like a society that like you said for people like me who feel like they are kind of educated who kind of think they know what they're talking about and then um just get educated even further which is amazing um is there anything else that you guys want to add want to say where can people like I don't know check you out if anyone's at the University of Glasgow I have a few friends over there let us know any of your information um yeah well any of you can follow us on Instagram on Instagram is really quite good like that is our pride and joy it's a little baby um it's currently being run by one of the girls on committee called joy and it's incredible and it has so much information like not glasgow specific like we said like myth busting what's happening and um we do a lot on that so our app for that is at glasgow student choice um so definitely check that out and yeah if you're in glasgow we're um Glasgow Students for Choice, it's free to be a member. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can send us an email at glasgowstudentchoice at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Yeah, on top of that as well. And also we do loads of like fun socials and stuff. Like we definitely try and like push the community thing and we just do nice things and have a safe space and a nice community. Yeah. Um, but again, one big thing to do if you can right now would be to sign back off Scotland's petition um which if you search them on Instagram or Facebook it's at back off Scotland um and that's to enact national legislation around buffer zones in Scotland um and yeah so if you could take one second to sign that that would be amazing amazing well thank you so much for joining me on my podcast um it's been so lovely meeting you guys and what you're doing is like literally incredible um keep going and i don't know it's kind of inspiring without sounding cringy